And the purpose of that was to give every human being an experience of their own personal I am. And so now we're living with that um, possibility of connecting with our own I am, our own higher self because of that event. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was his intention. Mm. So tell me, do you remember your past life in that time? I do. <laughs> do, you want to, do you want to share it with us? <laughs> well, that's a, perhaps I can talk about that now that my mother has passed over. Oh, um, do, you think, do you think she wouldn't have approved from her uh, linear perspective, her ego mind's perspective? <laughs> well, perhaps she is seeing the truth of it now, but um, at the time of Christ, I was married to my father. You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? If you feel like that's what you want to do. Running. Welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. So great to be with you again. I am going to introduce you to a wonderful lady that I met years ago. We're having a few sound problems, so please excuse the sound problems. Her name is Christina Kane, and she is a prolific author. I'm going to tell you all about Christina in a minute, but welcome to the show, Christina. Thank you, Karen. Now, let me just tell you a little bit about Christina. I've got her bio here. She is a part of an esoteric Christian movement, not to be confused with the traditional Christian Christianity, although at the core principles are shared by these groups. The focus on her work, the aspects of human life, body, soul, and spirit, as well as reincarnation, which we're going to talk about today. We're going to nut out reincarnation. (laughs) She believes that we cannot understand life without understanding that we have lived many lives on earth before. Well, some people have each one preparing for future lives, but we're going to go into all of that a bit later. You know, Christina has just written so many books. I'm just on her Amazon site. Uh, There's just book after book after book. I Am the Soul's Heartbeat, Volume 1, The Journey Back. I Am the Soul's Heartbeat, Volume 2. You've got Volume 5. So the I Am series, Who is Jesus? What is Christ? Volume 1 to 4. 12 Holy Nights. I'm eye connecting exercise. Who is Jesus? What is Christ? Oh, I see. How many volumes of that? I am the soul's heartbeat. There's five, five volumes of, yeah. And the soul's secrets. There's two of those, one and two. So, yes, so many, so many books on Amazon. Uh, uh, Amazing, amazing, amazing. So let me just start at the beginning. How did you get into all this? What was your awakening experience? Well, I, I'm, I'm never quite sure, but I do think that Edgar Casey woke me up to reincarnation. Okay, yeah. Uh, reading his biography, There is a River, it just made so much sense to me. And that would have been in the very early 80s, maybe even late 70s. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I know. Um, who, I think Shirley MacLaine's books talked about Edgar Casey. She was some of the first books I ever picked up. And I actually for, picked up her book because I thought I was going to read about her dancing career. <laughs> <laughs> she was the real champion, wasn't she, of um, well, spiritual. yes, when I say was, she's still here on earth. I don't know how much, <laughs> for how much longer, but, uh, yeah, she is a real champion. Let me tell the listeners how I met you because I don't know how many years ago now. I think it was about five or six years ago. I went to a meeting in the city and Julian and Julio put on that meeting and you were one, you were one of the speakers. And I don't remember what they were doing. They were trying to raise money for something. I don't know. It was like entrepreneurs. I don't know what the hell I was doing there anyway. And I walked through the city and before I got to the meeting, I saw this homeless man who I could not ignore. So I, I sat him down on a bench and ch started chatting to him and then said to him, oh, look, I have to go to this meeting. I'll come back and talk to you. And no. I remember looking into the room and all these beautiful people in this beautiful high rise in the city. It was all very luxurious. The, the champagne was flowing. The food was flowing. And, you know, I have this ability to tune into people's thoughts. I can read everybody's thoughts. And all I could feel in the room was me. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. I felt like I was swimming in ego in this room, right? And I looked around this room and I'm like, where is the light in this room? And I, my eyes landed on you and you were shining. Like you were the light inside this room. Honestly, of all the people, I don't know how many people were there, 100 or a couple of hundred, that I wanted to speak to, connect to, you were just, your light was shining like a beacon. And I remember I made my way through the crowd and the champagne and the hors d'oeuvres. And I just thought, I have to connect with this woman. I have to just, I don't know who she is. I don't know what she does. I don't know what she's doing here. You were talking about something. And uh, yeah, so that's how I met you. And then we've been <laughs> chatting online ever since. And um, you live in the country. You're, in, you're not in the city. You're in country New South Wales. Do you want to talk a little bit about where you live? I I'm now living in the little town that I grew up in. Beautiful. I I was in Melbourne for many many years, and I came home, if you like, to to um, keep an eye on my aging mother who passed away two weeks ago. Ah, uh, two weeks ago. How old was she? How old? Uh, Ninety-eight and eight wow. months. Wow! Wow! She says hi. <laughs> so have you been talking to her since she left her body? Yes, I have. Yeah. Yes. Is she having fun? I'm sure she is. Well, I think she um, struggled to leave. Yeah. And which surprised me because she always told me she wasn't afraid of death and dying. But in the end, somehow there was a disconnect. And it was quite sad that she couldn't leave. Mm. I know, it's crazy. I, we, Chris, Christina was just asking me, you know, about these paintings in the background here. They were given to me by my dad's cousin who was like a, well, actually people said, is she like a mother figure, a grandmother figure? And I said, no, actually, she's just like a best friend. She was in her 90s. She was like two weeks before her 95th birthday. And she struggled to leave too. She kept asking me every day, how do I die? I'm finished. How do I die? I'm not sick enough to die. How do I die? I kept yeah. saying, make a decision, hope. Her name was Hope. Make a decision and line up with it. Like any other decisions we make in this life, we have to stop wanting it and we have to say, right, this is happening. 
mind you, that, that decision is usually made by your soul and not your conscious mind unless you're elected to do that in this life. So with your mum, did she want to go or was she sort of just not going? She'd wake up in the morning and she was still here? Well, she, she wasn't really conscious. Right. Okay. Um, especially for several months. So I, I get a sense that there is a bit of a disconnect now. It's almost as if it's harder to cross the threshold unless you've got a certain level of consciousness so that if you become less conscious, then it becomes more difficult. That was the sense I got with her as she was trying to go. She was 10 days without food and water. Wow. In the end, which is... Mm. So she, was she in a coma? You said she wasn't conscious. She was in a coma. Well, perhaps not quite a coma, but um, I wouldn't call it a coma. She was just in a cocoon. Mm. Mm -mm. Well, you know, often when bodies are still operating as a physical body, mm. the soul isn't in them or the spirit no. or they're, at, you no. know, they're, they're off, but the body's still going. I remember years ago, uh, a, a, a guy came to me, we became friends because he wanted me to heal his father who had dementia or Alzheimer's. And his, I spoke to his father telepathically to his, the higher self or soul. And his father said, please don't heal me. This is my process. This is what I'm choosing. I'm not here to be healed. I'm going to. <laughs> the phone ringing. I'm going to withdraw, you know, slowly from the body and this will be for the benefit of the people that are still here. And he did. He took like five, seven years mm -hmm. to withdraw mm -hmm. from the body and he's gradually losing more and more facility. And um, But that was something he told me he was choosing to do and uh, he wasn't to be healed because I could see all the imbalance in his energy field and I was going to sort of fix it and he's like, I just got this, no, that's not what I'm choosing. Please don't do that, which was just a fantastic lesson for me because I felt like I was there, you know, a young healer. I was there to heal everybody. But we have to take into, we have to remember people's choice. Like people are we choosing do. to do this, you know. And um, so... You know, a really good point, if I could just add there, a really good thing to remember is that, the soul is in the room. So just because the person is, isn't conscious, their soul is there. So not to say or think anything you wouldn't say to them if they were fully conscious. Or think. I think that's a great point. Because yes. we don't realise that they can hear our thoughts. Yes, exactly. And so as I sat with my mother I embraced the whole atmosphere in the room and I asked her if she was ready to go to heaven. Mm -hmm. You know, I used kind of words that I mm. felt were, were appropriate. helpful, appropriate. Yeah. And does she want to go to heaven? And, she, and one of the families I met with in a few, a few days before she died told me about the them sitting with their mother when she was dying 
saying to her, you're going to see your brothers and sisters, you're going to see your husband. And, and so I started talking in that way mm. to her. Mm. Mm. But still, you know, she, she lasted 10 days without water, which is the limit. It's extraordinary. Now, we've gone off track, but, you know, mum's here. She's in this here. Hi, and Hope's here. Hi, they're all here. The gang's all here. How did you get into this? What was your awakening? I think I asked you that a minute ago and we didn't go there. What was your awakening? So after Edgar Casey, um, a girlfriend took me to meet um, this amazing man, Mario Schoonmaker, who did past life readings. Right. And he did thousands and thousands of them. He, he came from Perth to Melbourne. Right. And uh, he set up a church, which was along the lines of what Edgar Cayce did. It, he, was, he was an Orthodox minister, but he was so spiritual and had, you know, great spiritual gifts. So his church was not um, a typical church. Mm. And he taught what we call Bible metaphysics. Right. Uh, along the lines of the unity church and he did my he read my past lives and that was a total awakening wow so what did he say come on tell us (laughs) (laughs) whoa now here we go (laughs) (laughs) look i think the the focus of his readings were um you have you have this propensity And that's because in a past life, this happened to you. Mm -hmm. So he said, you you will have trouble, this is one example, you'll have trouble uh, with obese people. And the reason for that is uh, that you were murdered by some very obese monks in, you know, thousands of years ago. And that was was mind-blowing for me because I... I don't judge people very much. I'm open and accepting of everyone. And, um, yes, it, it really hit me. Did you have a problem with obese people? Did you find yes. them? You did. Mm-hmm. So you would look at them and feel, what, just sort of disgusted yeah. or appalled mm-hmm. or? Just, um, no, rep- not rep- they re- I was repelled by them. Right, okay. A, a very good a very good explanation of that is someone else had a reading uh, and I, I met them an hour after and they said, I said, how was your reading? They said, oh, it's amazing. Um, Mario told me how I'd had my throat slit and I'm looking at them as I'm looking at you and I said, I can tell. And they had a red welt from ear to ear on their neck. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I know, and often we have birthmarks where we've been injured before. I've got a little birthmark here. Not long. There it is. Can't. But um, that's nothing but like my brother has this big birthmark on his back, you know, down the, in the middle okay. of his back. And, yeah, often that's a sign of some sort of injury or blow mm. or something in a past mm. life that shows up in the physical in this life, which is really fascinating. Mm. What else did he tell you? Uh <laughs> um he he told most of the lives i've had were as a spiritual teacher wow yeah they're right back 
to be before Egypt. Uh-huh. So that, that made sense to me. And so I spent all my time preparing to do that work, which, which then I began to do in 2003 by beginning my writing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Getting music out of you. I mean, today I know we can be a spiritual teacher in so many ways, writing, singing, poetry, look, in so many ways, healing, readings, all sorts of ways. So, And even just being. Being, being exactly. The spiritual truth. Like without... I say, just being the light. Like someone like mm-hmm. me can see it, but I walk into a room full of egos. I mean, they were lovely people. They were all there for a good cause. But it was all just, look at me, look at me, what about me? Can you help me? How can you help me? It was just all the conversation of me and, and everyone mm. I spoke to. They were lovely people doing wonderful things, but it was like, this is me, this is my business, look, aren't I great? It was, that was just the conversation. And I felt like, oh, I want to go back and talk to my little homeless man. He was more interesting than everyone else <laughs> in the room. <laughs> yeah. but your light it was just like I just looked around the room like do I want to be here and your light just shone so that would just that's being you know that beingness so you could just be yes. that light inside the inside the conversation of it's all about me sometimes there can be a light that says there's a bigger picture going on here than it's all about you <laughs> and how great you are <laughs> you know I write about that quite a lot because we have to discover ourselves first. So, so it's discovering ourselves as an individual and then leaving that to become our higher self, to connect with our higher self. I call it I connecting. The trouble we face now is people enjoy the, the first stage too much and they become stuck there so I think we really at that point now where we need to say you can be so much more than this self that you've fallen in love with this ego you've fallen in love with now the higher ego is waiting for you go there and meet it because then you'll become all-knowing absolutely so how do you think the higher ego and the little ego dovetails with the past life egos or the past life stories? The higher ego has experienced every life and the the lower ego is only experiencing this one life. And so if the lower ego can free itself a bit and connect with the higher ego, then it has access to the information of all those past lives. Mm. And, and we're seeing that now in the star children. Mm. Have you read about the star children? Yeah, well, this was something I wanted to talk about too because, you know, a lot of beings are coming into a physical 3D, physical human experience for the first time and that's a lot of the star children. And what's really interesting is um, beings that have, volunteered to be a part of the shift that we're going through in consciousness you know at this time in history and Gaia who said you know can you help humanity (laughs) because there's like literally millions of them and they said yes they needed to understand what it's like to have a human life so many of them are imprinted with past life memories 
that they actually, that aspect of their soul didn't actually have. Or their, yeah. their soul group is, in, you know, like has had, so they've got these sort of imprinting on their soul structure so that they've got, they can kind of navigate this human life in a better way because it's, it's, it's as if they've had many lives, but they're okay. here for the first time. Uh, but they come in with a different consciousness. They're more connected to that higher self that you're talking about, that ego self that is more, it's we, not me. <laughs> yeah, that we are right. one. You know what I do for you, you do. For, you know, it's there's there's this connection. So, uh, yeah. So past lives, when you can have past life regressions, often one has to ask the soul, whose past life am I seeing? Is it is it okay. mine? Is it um, is it imprinted? Is it part of my soul group? Is it part of my family lineage? Okay. Mm. Okay. Well, I. In my work, I, I do talk about the actual person's higher self. Mm. Um, I think the individuality that we are moving towards, and it really is an individuality, at its, at its extreme, it can be narcissistic, which I think is what you saw a bit of in that room. Oh, yeah. About... Um, about the the real higher the the real experience of the higher self is one in which we feel fully individualized but we welcome the group of the other individualized people they're just as valuable to us whereas the narcissist is you know it's me and your whatever but yeah, the, the yeah, true higher self acknowledges the individuality of each person and values them, mm. never tries to undermine them, mm. always looking to elevate them mm. more and more. Mm. So, yes, I think that distinction is important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So the higher self is... Um yeah, values the individual because that, that is the ego's job to create the separation where there is none. So we have to take on an ego in order to have a, a, an identity, a, a feeling that you're you and I'm me, you know. this. Yes. And, um, yeah, we can get, get, get a bit carried away with it. You know, it's all about me. <laughs> what can you do for me? There's a great line in Beaches, you know, that movie with Bette Midler, and she said, let's not talk about me anymore. Let's talk about you. What do you think of me? <laughs> We can get a bit like that sometimes. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and so the higher self values that in the person because it's absolutely necessary to have this human experience, to have that individualization. Just don't get too carried, too lost in it, too carried away in it. Um, so let's get back to past lives. So how did that change knowing your past life? How did that change your life? I mean, so you found out that you were murdered by fat monks. <laughs> 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 did it did it help you like look at obese people even you know more lovingly like how did it change your life yes and i think that's the that's the whole purpose behind knowing uh our, about our past lives I, and i also think we need to be ready because it can like like the friend that 
had her throat slit and the dreadful red world around her neck, if she wasn't ready for that, that could be quite frightening. So for me, I was much more forgiving of certain situations. I, I had another life where I uh, broke my vow, which then bring, I rejected my vow. So then I experienced rejection. That's the principle that works. So then I was much more forgiving of people who rejected me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what was the vow? Was it like a spiritual vow, like a nun or a monk or something? Yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Or was it a marriage vow? Do you no, it was a, a religious, yeah. yeah. So do you remember what you did? When you say you broke your vow, maybe you said I wouldn't, you know, I'd had an abstinence, no sex. Maybe you went off and had sex. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> oh, dang, I don't think you're alone with that one. <laughs> I mean, but yeah. it, it, it helps to understand that um, you think, why, why is that person rejecting me? Why don't they want to be? And... As you say, it, it wasn't necessarily that person, but they were just in my life and they were able to show me what rejection was. Yeah, exactly. So it wasn't about them. Yeah. So that meant I shouldn't hate them. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, we shouldn't hate anybody really because it's none of it's personal. It's all just uh, part of the plan, isn't it? I remember years ago when I was doing healing work, I had a lot of people come to me and they wanted their vows from past lives to be, um, um, what's the word? Uh, broken is not the right word, but... Um, freed from them. Freed from them, that's the word, yeah. And so I did a lot of that work and I remember that a guy came to me, he was a gay man and uh, it was when I was in my early 30s, it was funny, we used to have a meditation night every Monday night. We would sit and he would lead our meditation. He was very monk-like. He, he had spent a lot of time with the Buddhist monks. <clears throat> and, um, and then after our meditation, we'd drink wine and watch Sex in the City. It was hilarious. But um, he came to me because he wanted, he was really trying to get over his vows of chastity and, and the, all those sort of monk-type vows. Okay. He was trying to lead his life as a secular gay man in Sydney and try to have relationship and feel okay, that that was okay to be a gay man and have sex. And he never felt okay about it. He, he had this oh. guilt of this monastic life that he had so much memory of his past lives in this monastic life. And he said, you know, I've chosen this life in this life. I want to live this life. And so I remember doing all those techniques that we did in those days to, to free him from those vows and he turned around, went back to India, spent times in the monastery and um, re-entered the monastic life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it didn't work, basically. <laughs> as much as he wanted to have a secular life as a gay man in Sydney, he went back into the monastic life. It was really interesting. Yes. And I think understanding that these things come from another life is incredibly free making yeah well it gives you a choice doesn't it it's like i've led that i've done that in that chapter called the you know the story of my soul and this is a new chapter and i now have a choice to be something different experience yes. something different 
and and the other the other thing to consider is that um, the consciousness from that past life no longer exists today because our consciousness is developing. Wow. We are we're becoming more spiritually aware. In fact, I think that we have actually crossed the threshold into spiritual awareness, but we're not conscious of that. Mm-hmm. And and something you just said then reminded me of that. So so we can have this fuzzy memory of a past life, but we're not fully aware of it. And that's where someone like yourself is invaluable because you can awaken people to the fact that this difficult situation they're going through is in their awareness because they've crossed into the spiritual worlds, but they're still standing in the physical world. And we need to merge those consciousnesses now as you do. Mm-mm-mm. Well, yeah, I know that a lot of people like Garnet, one of my favorite uh, authors who I've had on the show a few times, you know, he has the ability, his spirit guide takes him in his astral form over to the other realms, let me call it, to many places in other realms, different planets, different places in, you know, heaven, like different astral and, and, and spiritual environments. And um, he asked his guide, can I check out the, can I check out my past lives? Can I have a look? And, and Albert, his guide said, yeah, you can check out a couple, but you can't <laughs> check out the rest. Because so not being aware of our past lives is something that is very valuable for us in this life so we focus in this life um and so we have some awareness but we're not really allowed to have very much awareness really it just i think that the awareness comes to help us deal with what we're going through at the time so for you it was your spiritual awakening and um and then you got over obese people Gives us some understanding, but I think um, just to put that back, uh, put that piece of information back to an early question you asked. It's actually our higher self that sends us into incarnation, but but we have a conversation with our higher self and agree to work on a couple of these past lives. Mm. So we set up that to do list, if you like. Um, and and then incarnate just to work on those things, as you said. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, what's even more confusing is that uh, it's all happening now, like all our lives are happening now, which is crazy. I mean, I just can't wrap my puny mind around that to think that, you know, from our soul's perspective, all our lives are happening in the greater now. It's not a sequential linear experience. It's all. Yes. I, I just don't know. I, I know the Seth books, but wrote about that. And I read them years ago and I still couldn't wrap my head around that. I think I'm so well entrenched in linear time that I can't understand how past lives can affect me if they're still unfolding. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes, because when we die, um, I have on good authority that in the first three days after we die, this life appears in reverse over three days. 
and it's just a series of pictures, like a movie. How do you mean in reverse? Um, so if I die today, then I look at tomorrow and then the day before tomorrow and the day before that. So in, that. Your, in your life review, you look going like backwards instead of going forwards, like from birth to now, you go from now. From death to birth. So then you go back to um, when you were born and then you launch back into the spiritual worlds. Yeah, interesting. And Rudolf Steiner, who I read a lot, um, encourages us to do that every night before we go to sleep. Yeah. So we put our head on the pillow and then we go back through the day in reverse. Okay. So starting, so you start head on the piece of chocolate you ate. Just before you went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> the cup of tea you made just before you went to bed. Oh yeah, the piece of chocolate, as you say. And then, okay, that's a beautiful thing to do. And okay, so you, you go back through your life in, or your day in reverse and just look at it objectively, like what's the consciousness we're looking for to look at it. Look at it from, I suppose you could ask your soul to help you look at it from, you know, through the eyes of source, from your soul's perspective, yes. from a loving, yes. non-judgment perspective. Yes. So yes. if you've had a fight with somebody, if you've done something you didn't like, you ate too much chocolate before you went to bed, to look at it from a loving <laughs> perspective. <laughs> that's, a beautiful, that Chris, that's a beautiful thing to do, Christina. That's and you'll find as you're doing it, after you do it for a while, you can do it quite quickly, but you'll stop at something and it could even be a very small thing it could have been the way you stopped and spoke to the homeless man yeah yeah and even though that wasn't the biggest thing that happened in that day it was the most critical thing that happened to your soul exactly that's actually i was reading your book the journey and back from death volume one uh, uh, which you've written about a guy whose name i don't even remember his name i don't even say do you say his name in the book who is having no. a no you don't do no. you he <laughs> he's died and he's doing a life review and he's thinking so it's like you're reading about this person thinking he's looking back on his life and he's thinking and then he's thinking and he's asking a lot of questions why why and then he's answering his own questions so from his broader perspective as a soul and not in the body he's answering his own questions and he's basically nutting out a whole lot of things that happened on earth it's a great read it's volume one how many volumes in that have you done have you written uh two are published and three is nearly finished okay and it's the same guy whose name we still don't know <laughs> so tell me i ask you this many times do you channel this information you kind of say how do you get the information like do you channel the uh, well i think i think that i um my teacher told me if you want to do if you want to do something spiritually you should do it at the same time in the same place so if it's daily or weekly do it in the same time in the same place and the spiritual worlds will draw close to you and give you inspiration okay mm -hmm. so if if we call that a guide or we call that angels or or spiritual 
or or people who've excarnated. Yes. <laughs> yes. So so the people who are working with you will draw close. And and so as you think about what you're doing, in my case, writing, mm. ideas will come to you. So I don't hear voices. I get ideas in my mind. Mm. I sometimes get words that I don't actually know the meaning of and I have to Google <laughs> that yeah. word. You see, I yeah. call that channeling. I don't know, maybe I, you don't call that channeling because I think the word channeling is sort of connected to people that put on funny personalities and you know do like edgy casey like tra he was a trance channel so his personality wasn't involved in his channeling he would somehow leave and, and then some some energy form group stream of consciousness would take over his body but that what you're doing is definitely channeling i mean we're all channeling to some extent aren't we we're all channeling our higher self through the filter of the ego well I, I i like to think that i contribute to that i don't leave my knowledge and my intellect are involved definitely yeah um yeah so for me channeling is a bit as you said with edgar casey i'm no longer here other beings are speaking through me i don't think that's what happens to me no i feel but see, I, I feel like it, I'm expanded. Yes. Well, it's interesting because Esther Hicks said the same thing. You know, I used to be in love with Esther and her message. And when I went to see her, it was about 14 years ago, I went to see her speak in America. I, re I was looking at what she does and I, I kept thinking about the process of what she does because she speaks very much in Esther's personality, although it's a very expanded message. And she speaks like in the third person. So Abraham calls, you know, like I would say, oh, Karen said this and Karen did that. It's like in the third person. So she's definitely channeling. But Esther had always said, we don't use that word because people have this understanding of it being something that it's actually not. Okay. That, okay. The, that the ego is, is left like an Edgar Casey channeling. And I remember okay. having those questions about her process. And she answered those questions in the time that I was there. And she uh, said, it, it's exactly like you described. She said, Esther is still very much here, but it's an expanded version of Esther. It's, an it's just an expansion. It's like an opening which allows more energy, more wisdom, more information to flow through. And, um, it, you know, it is channeling. And then okay. it sort of, you can sort of turn it on and switch it off. And that's how I live my life. So I can turn it on or switch it off. Or I can ask, which sort of allows the opening. So like, what does that mean? And then as I ask that question, I have to let go of wanting to know the answer. And okay. It's like, it's like, I just, if I, like I ask you, like, tell me about that. I just sit back and listen to you. I can do the same with the mob, you know, like, tell okay. me about that. Sit back and listen okay. and then... But that's, def that's definitely channeling. So the books are channeled. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because I've asked you this question so many times. Do you channel these books? And you always say, no. <laughs> where, where does the information come from? I keep asking you. <laughs> so, I, think, I do think that my, third, my, my years of study in this life and my knowledge from past lives contribute. 
Mm-hmm. So, so I guess that's why I say no, because, because I, uh, I know how much I'm contributing mm-hmm. and perhaps it's my higher self that's speaking to me as well. Mm-hmm. My higher self who was, um, in many lives, a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the combination, as you say, of all your past lives. Your higher self is a comp- like an actor who's played many roles in many different movies. Yes. Yes. It's the combination of experiencing all those different personalities and much richer because of it. Like I know what it likes to feel like the victim and I know what, it likes to f- what it's like to feel like the, the hero or, you know, yes. the, the priest mm. or the sinner or the prostitute or the nun, you know, I've experienced yes. all those aspects of life and so you're richer because of it. Mm. Yes, yes. I should, I should also mention that um, a lot of my books are titled I Am the Soul's Heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the term I am is the higher self mm-hmm. and so that the I am speaks into the soul and the activity of the soul is thinking, feeling and will. So in life, we are creating our soul through the thoughts and feelings and intentions we receive from society. Mm-hmm. And this I am, this eternal being, shines in if we let it Mm. absolutely so i've also written these books who is jesus what is christ how many volumes of that you've got a few volumes of that five five of those and what are those books about well what i did there was i harmonized the gospel that's a traditional um religious thing to do um that so the four gospels matthew mark luke and john um tell the story of the life of jesus as he integrated into himself this cosmic being called christ and matthew will tell one aspect and mark another and john who's a very mystical being tells a completely different aspect so i just went through and combined all the stories so i talked about them when they were the same and when they were different and tried to explain why from the point of view of the higher self so perhaps i should just quickly say that jesus is the i am of the human being Mm -hmm. and Christ is the archetype of the I am. And so the two journeyed, Jesus was born and he journeyed and allowed this archetype to take over. So by the time he got to the cross, Jesus was replaced, if you like, by this cosmic I am. And the purpose of that was to give every human being an experience of their own personal I am. And so now we're living with that um, possibility of connecting with our own I am, our own higher self, because of that event. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was his intention. 
Mm. So tell me, do you remember your past life at that time? I do. <laughs> do, you want to, do you want to share it with us? <laughs> well, that's a, perhaps I can talk about that now that my mother has passed over. Oh, do, you think, do you think she wouldn't have approved from her uh, linear perspective, her ego mind's perspective? <laughs> Well, perhaps she is seeing the truth of it now, but um, at the time of Christ, I was married to my father. Were you a woman? Obviously. Well, was yes. You, yeah, you yes. Were, he yes. was male, you were female, right? Good question. Good question. Yes. <laughs> yes, I was, I, was, um, I was female and he was male and um, he was the owner of the slaves and I was one of the slaves and he married me i must have worked my way up the chain yeah, the <laughs> and, um, yeah. yeah and he married me and so then in this life i was incarnated as an only child right into a marriage where i had been the wife Okay, right. And was your mother that aspect of um, your soul that was your soul group that was your mother in this life? Was she in that, you know, in that life as well? No, no. she, no, she was, yeah, she was in other lives. We had relationships, but not in, yeah. in not yeah. in that particular one. And how, do you know how you were involved in the whole story of the, you know, the, the man that was Jesus as the slave girl and the... Um, were you a follower of his teaching? Uh, yes. I, in fact, I think we could say that I had an experience like you did when you were in that room and saw me. Exactly okay. that. Hey. Oh, that's that makes me want to cry. That's like a full circle moment, isn't it? Oh, beautiful. <laughs> you, you recognised his light in the crowd. Wow, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And so you became like a follower, a, a devotee or a student, whatever you want to call it. Mm. Yes, yes. And I think I was an older woman at that stage. So Okay. Because he died when he was 33. And did your husband in that life also become a follower of his? I don't know. You don't? That wasn't mentioned. Yeah, okay. So is this information that that teacher that you went to see gave you or is this memory that you had? This was... He gave me that information, but, okay. it, but I, I could confirm it in my... You confirm it in your, the way it feels, don't you? Yeah. 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 I remember years ago um, I was doing an energy healing course with this girl who had this amazing ability and she did a, a semi-past life thing and she actually she was talking to me, she was reading me, that's what she was doing, and she said, you've been sexually abused in this life. And I said, no. <laughs> she goes, I can see it. And she was seeing this whole thing unfold, right, but it wasn't this life, it was another mm -hmm. life she didn't yeah. realise. And, um, and so I'm denying what she's saying, feeling it was not true because it was not my experience in this life. And yet as she was relaying the story, it started to hit me viscerally in my body. Mm -hmm. He said, mm -hmm. you had a son from that, in, you know, sexual, and his name started with a K. And um, he, she said, do you know anyone called Ken? And I said, 
yeah, there's a guy I studied with. His name's Ken, but it's not ringing any bells. But she kept telling me this story and um, it was hitting me viscerally. It was not making sense to my head because it wasn't this life, but it was, yes. just, it was hitting me. And yes. then I went home and I kept thinking about all the Kens I know, the Kens, the Kens, Kens, Kens. It's kind of an old-fashioned name, you know. And I found, you know, I, I remembered I have an Uncle Ken and he was slightly mentally different, let's call him. He was yes. simple, I suppose. So I yes. went back to her and I said, I do remember. I have got a Ken in my life. He's an Uncle Ken and he is slightly mentally, you know, retarded is not the right word, but simple. Challenged. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he was challenged. He was happy, but he was just not like everybody else. Like he was always happy, but he was simple. And she, that hit her and she said, oh, my God, this son in that life was also mentally challenged. And, um, and then I started to think about the way that my uncle related to me. I was always his favourite. He had this okay. uncanny attachment to me. I was, as a little girl in the newspaper, in, you know, like, like the Women's Weekly, they were making chocolate recipes and there was my face sort of like going, ooh, aren't these lovely, these sweeties or chocolates? And he had pulled that out and he had this ripped up piece of paper in his glove box that had been there for 20 mm -hmm. years. It was, and so all this past life thing started to reveal itself that we had led this life and he was my son in that life and it, he's, he's since passed. But it's interesting how it does hit you viscerally when someone tells you mm -hmm. stuff that you don't yeah. understand but it, your body remembers, like your body speaks to yes. you about... Mm, the, I, I think that those mental states tell us of a person who hasn't fully incarnated. And so he, he was living with that memory as if it was this life. Yeah, interesting, because he was never unhappy. You know, he was, just, he was just always happy, but you couldn't, like he could do menial jobs. Like he would, um, I remember as a kid, mum asked him to paint the fence and he would happily do it. <laughs> and then she said to him, don't let, you know, the kids get, in, get into the paint because paint will be everywhere. And he's like, oh, yes, you know, I won't let them, I won't let them. And I remember thinking, I've got him wrapped around my little finger. As <laughs> I remember thinking, I've got Uncle Ken sussed. I can get him to do anything I want. And mm. I said to him, can I help you paint the fence? And he's like, no, Mum won't let me. And yet he did. And then I put paint everywhere because I was a kid. <laughs> and he got yeah. into trouble by Mum. But it was just, he was always happy and just happy. I don't remember yeah. him being sad, but he just annoyed everybody because he would repeat himself and... Yes. But it was interesting that he'd chosen to sort of have that in two lives, that experience, yeah. Yes. So you think he's yeah. not fully incarnated, do you? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to explain that a bit more? Um, well, um, to be fully incarnated means that your higher self has to integrate with your soul and in that way influence the way you feel, think and will. And so... He wasn't thinking, his whole life was feeling, feeling happy, mm -hmm. just this. And so he, you can tell that the thinking and the will, because he let you, <laughs> um, he disobeyed. But he doesn't disobey because he doesn't have the will to say, no, no. Uh, you can't wrap me around your little finger, Karen. Yeah, yeah. 
So his whole life is a feeling life. And I think that explains often autism, although yes. in autism they don't feel. I'm thinking um, of Down syndrome. Down, Down syndrome. They're yeah. completely feeling beings and happy yes. most of the yeah. time. Yeah. 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 Much more Downs. And in yeah. fact, my teacher said that uh, the Down syndrome uh, people were experiencing their final incarnation on the earth right okay which i think is a wonderful thing okay so if we recognize that then this is their last life they've achieved everything they need to achieve well they and definitely then, teach us how to be tapped into our feeling sense like because you know the ego love. does tend to overthink everything and yes. they're just, yeah, like bundles of love, aren't they? Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. They just, they're teachers. I've always seen them as teachers, yeah. Mm. Mm. Love, yeah. Mm. Oh, and so he, he, has he passed now? He has. He lived to a ripe old age. He only passed a couple of years ago, actually. I didn't see him most of my adult life because lots of things. And mum died when I was 16 and they all moved away. But mm. my cousin got in contact with me a few years ago and, he insisted that he talked to me on the phone. He didn't have much to say, but he just spoke about me all the time and I hadn't seen him for a good 30 years. And um, she said, can I give him your phone number? And I said, of course you can. Because <laughs> I'd had this information about our past life together, which was fascinating. He really wasn't in my life most of this life. Yeah, but we yeah. had spent time, obviously, as mother and son before. And she, she didn't give him my number. And I said, why didn't you give him my number? She said, he would, have, he would ring you, through four, you know, four or five oh, times a day. Yes, and he would talk yes. about nothing. And I just didn't think yeah. that I would do you that to you. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, I wouldn't mind. But she just, she made that call. And so I only spoke to him a few times. But well, I he, may well, he may well be talking to you now a lot well, more. Absolutely. I just felt this connection. I didn't need to be physically in his life or even have him blabbing away about nothing on the phone. I just, you know, repeating himself constantly. I, I just felt because of what this woman had told me, girl, friend, you know, whatever, years ago, I felt the connection and that was enough. It didn't need to be a physical connection in this life. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, it's a lovely thing to think that this was his final incarnation and now um, yeah, it's interesting he's graduated. He's graduated yeah. because everyone was always frustrated and, you know, around him because he needed a lot of looking after um, because he couldn't function like a normal person. He couldn't get a normal job. and um, But he was happy and delightful and... But people were always frustrated and angry around him, and yet he was this <laughs> ball of joy. Funny, isn't it? Funny. Yeah, so that's fascinating. So people like that, that's their choosing that's their last incarnation. Yeah. What about you? Is this your last incarnation? No. <laughs> no. Will you be back? I'll be back. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that I should um, mention that this, my first book is always free. Okay, let's have a look at it. So it's a bit shiny. Do you want to hold it up a bit? There we are. Beautiful. I am the soul's, what does that say? Heartbeat, Heartbeat. volume one. Mm. Yeah. So that's, that's, um, that's, I went through the Bible for, with the, and explored the I am sayings. Mm -hmm. 
how Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Um, I am the bread. And it doesn't mean anything like that. <laughs> so I show how it means quite something quite different, quite surprising. Okay. And yeah, so it's a great introduction to my work. And when you go onto Amazon, it, the price is there, but actually when you buy it, you're not charged. Okay, so what about if you buy, buy the paperback? I guess you just pay for the postage. No, the paperback, it's only the Kindle that's free. Oh, okay. Right, you have to pay for the paperback, right. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, I how just many, sort of been... How many books have you written? There seems to be so many. I'm looking at that. Oh, about 15, I think. Yeah. 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 So yeah. what else do you think... say in the Christ books? Uh, who is Jesus? What is Christ? The volumes. Actually, actually, what about this one? I love this cover. The Virgin and the, hold it up a bit more. The Virgin Harlot. And the Harlot. Oh, what's that one about? Oh, <laughs> that's about the book of Revelation. Right. I, I interpreted the whole book of Revelation from beginning to end. And, of course, not many people like to go anywhere near the book of Revelation because it's so weird. But if you understand that, the place of the higher self and that cosmic Christ, that archetype of the higher self, it makes so much sense. So um, do you want that, to go into that a little bit more? Well, um, oh, I did it in the book. <laughs> <laughs> I went into it a lot more in the book. Um, so, so basically it's, showing us it's taking us step by step through that process so sometimes we're a virgin and sometimes we're the harlot oh i just got a confirmation on that <laughs> yep sometimes we're the virgin and sometimes we're the harlot you have two faces of the same coin mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. so that's a great personal development i think all my books are a great way for us to help us connect up with what it is that is our higher self what is this higher being within us when we're down here like children wanting to muck around with all the stuff we've been given yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, which is fine you know we shouldn't be judging ourselves we should be mucking around we should be enjoying it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's a gift yeah but yeah. um if we understand that the purpose behind it is to, to be higher, to rise up, not to be offended by the past life interactions that come our way. Mm -hmm. So do you feel like all um, trouble we have with people, all relationships that are fraught with uh, trouble are past life connections, like, you know, family relationships or husbands and, you know, so yeah. the, for the person that has the, grumpy ex-husband or the grumpy ex-wife and they don't like them they can't speak to them it's all a past life connection that needs to be recon you know reconciled reconciled yeah it's our opportunity it's our opportunity mm -hmm. yes yes all of them i mean maybe we can't fully deal with it uh-huh Maybe it will take a few lives. <laughs> sometimes it does. A few hundreds sometimes. <laughs> a few thousands sometimes. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but just knowing that I think helps. Yeah, I think so too. Definitely. So do you think that when you're in a life where you have reconciled all those fraught relationships and you're, you know, unconditionally loving with all of them and you've cleared it all. Do you think that that's an opportunity to, you know, choose whether you come back or not? I mean, this thing about karma, I believe personally, whether we have reconciled relationship or not, I think we still have choice whether we come back or not. But I think that from our soul's perspective, we see the benefit in coming back and so we do choose that. But I think we have choice whether we do or not. We can yeah. say, no, nah, damn it, I don't want to come back. But we usually don't make that choice from this perspective. So it's mm. a really different perspective. But um, Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think the book of Revelation explains that um, one of the key themes in the book of Revelation is that until everyone is redeemed, we come back. Oh, so those yeah. those of us who can, um, we we we're not we're not reconciling our karma to free ourselves. We're reconciling our karma so that we can create uh, an environment for everyone to free themselves. Yeah, exactly. Because we're all connected. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not a personal journey. It's a collective journey. Yeah. yeah. So when you forgive the angry family member or the ex-partner, when you reconcile and see the experience as loving as a benefit to you, you don't just do it for yourself. It's not your journey. It's humanity's yeah. journey. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I know it makes it all so much worthwhile when you know that, doesn't it? It does. It does. <laughs> yeah. So, and you get a lot more energy. You could just seem to be so capable. You know, you could be working from dawn till dusk and thinking, oh, I'm exhausted now, but you're not. Exactly. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, because it's, yeah, it's the work of the soul, isn't it? It's not really the work of the, the ego that says, I'm doing this to get something. I'm doing this to get paid or I'm doing this to get famous or I'm doing this to, you know, go up the corporate ladder or to get something you're doing it because i don't know because it's an expansive evolutionary collective yes. journey yeah. it's a part of yeah. our human story it's a part of our human journey yeah and, yes and then your work just becomes a part of that story yeah exactly yes i think some of the reviews of my books um one uh, speak about my um, writing style, I'm always just suggesting, suggesting this or that. I'm never saying this is the way it is or this yeah. is the way you see it. And I think that's a beautiful thing for us all to try to do. You know, it could be like this. So, so here, have this and you then work with that yeah. in your own way. Yeah. It has great respect, I think. Exactly, exactly. Look, I have to say I'm going to grab Chris, uh, Christina was so instrumental in helping me get my book out. I just got a stack of them from Amazon. They were due in 10 ah. days, but they arrived because, you know, I could pay $100 to get them here in a week or $40 to get them here in three weeks or, you know, 
or 20 dollars to get them here in two months and I thought I'll pick the medium one so I thought I'll get them at the end of the month but let me just grab it hang on and can I just say always choose the slowest one because it's you get it just as quickly really yeah. I didn't know that so here you we go yeah. oh well. So um, you, you, she was instrumental. You were instrumental in helping me with this because, you know, Cyrus was helping me put it up on Amazon. But when you're in Australia and it's not so easy to put a book because Amazon is an American shop. So I reached out to you and you were so great. So I want to thank you again so much for helping me get this up on Amazon and out in paperback and everything. And, and here they are. I've got a stack mm. of them. Wow. So you say that if you're choosing, oh, that's so fascinating. I wish I'd known that. So if you're choosing to get them shipped from Amazon, pick the slowest one, the cheapest one, because it will get here just as fast. Really? It's terrible. That's shocking, Amazon. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Okay. So I picked, I think I paid $40 instead of 20 So I picked the middle one instead of paying, I think they wanted to charge me 70 in postage to get, to get it here in a week. But um, I'll know, I know that now. Thank you for telling me. <laughs> so tell me, what is the work that you're doing now these days with people? Are you just, are you writing? What are you doing? Um, I, I'm writing and I'm also a civil celebrant. So I'm helping people um, say goodbye to their loved ones, yeah. which is a privilege and doing a few marriages. So, so working with people in that way. Yeah. Yes. And of course, here in Australia, we had the referendum, which was for a gay marriage, and we came out with a yes, which was fabulous. And so you've been really busy with lots of gay marriages. Yeah. All these people can get married, like, yay, I can get married. So that's been keeping you busy. And, you know, as I do these, um, these marriages, it really strikes me uh, the discrimination that they've experienced. Really? Mm. Really? Yeah. So, so they were regarded as not fully human. Really? really in our terms. Mm. Yeah. No, you can't marry. Only, only heterosexual people can marry. You're not fully human. You can't marry. Mm. Mm. It's terrible, isn't it? Well, mm. I think that, you know, the Christed energy, that's what, is so important inside that energy is this reconciliation of acceptance and unconditional love for all ways of thinking, all beings, all ways of living. Like that book yeah. that you that you showed. The what did you? What's it called? The the Virgin and the Harlot. What, what's it called? <laughs> the Virgin of the Harlot. Yeah. <laughs> that there is that. There's nothing you can choose to be in this life that is not. Um, loved by the divine mm. yeah mm. well um a wedding i did on the weekend um was a muslim man and he was um gay mm -hmm. and drink alcohol and i said <laughs> right <laughs> and he and then he quietly said to me i hope god will forgive me and i just left it for a moment and then I said, God is love. God is love. And I felt it echo through his being. Mm -hmm. It was just a beautiful moment. Mm -hmm. I think that, that's when we can be the teachings and not the teacher. Mm. Yeah. Oh, 
that's beautiful that's when we can be the teachings and not the teacher oh the water makes me cry look years ago i used to go to a hairdresser i haven't been to a hairdresser for a while because he disappeared but i found this little guy up in bondi junction he came from a family of 22 children he was a gay lebanese muslim you know man and i thought wow that's a combination you know his father had 12 children to his mother the last child was a down syndrome and then uh -huh. he, and he met he left the mother for a younger woman and then had 22 had 10 more children to this woman right oh <laughs> isn't that wild so his mother was muslim Lebanese and he was gay Lebanese Muslim. I said that is some combination I said how do you tell do you tell your mother about your lifestyle and he said oh no <laughs> and I said well how do you get around it doesn't your mother ask you when you're getting married and he said well every day <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's look at that where do you think you know what's he doing in this lifetime like I suppose he's working on judgment and reconciliation to come in to choose a lifetime with so fraught with um uh you know disrupting the status quo i'm sure there's that but there the other side of that i think is um that we're unifying the sexes we're becoming much more androgynous and so the distinction between being male and female is disappearing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And for me, I think probably not in every case, but often homosexuality is about um, recognizing androgyny. Mm. Mm -hmm. Androgyny and unconditional love. But you know, yes. his, his being a gay man in a Muslim family like that, because you know they have so many rules and regulations about what mm. you should be and shouldn't be. I mean, that's difficult for any life to sort of be a gay man inside a strict religious family like that. Mm, so mm. what do you think? How do you think that plays out? Um, well, it's hard for me to comment. In, when I look at the Bible, I don't see those rules. Mm. When you look at the original meaning of the Greek words, it it talks about the feminine in you or the masculine in you and the feminine in you is the feeling and the masculine in you is the thinking. Exactly. Yeah. So I bring it all back to that. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I guess I, I could say while those people may need that experience of the Muslim religion, mm -hmm. um, that's not where humanity is going. Mm -mm, mm. So well not hopefully maybe maybe they need to go through that for some reason mm. and they'll come out the other end and continue on with evolution as some of us are experiencing it now mm. beyond beyond that group culture mm. it's very much a group culture where it's difficult to be an individual mm. but your hairdresser has said no i'm an individual here I, I make my own choices. I'm going to live my life according to those stipulations. Those rules. Yeah, I feel like, you know, they come in to teach unconditional love in their lifestyle because their mother, you know, wants to love a child, even when she's got 12 of them. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so there's a choice when you turn around and you say, I'm gay inside that religion. You know, that mother has a choice. Do I love you or do I say, no, I can't love you anymore because you don't follow my. So, you know, the individual is given that choice to love or to not love. And really we have to follow our heart because our heart is God speaking to us outside of religion you know and so many people get stuck in the religious views and say how wrong the rest of the world lives because it's not in the bible or the quran or the bhagavad gita or whatever religious text they're quoting from so um, yeah yes yes that's right yes these people live to give us our choice oh beautiful Well, we've been chatting for about an hour now. It's gone so quickly. Any last Mm -hmm. pearls of wisdom you'd like to leave with our audience about reincarnation or your books or the Christ teachings? Or Look, I, I think I'm always wanting to say to people, stay open, listen, just listen to things and let them resound within you like you do, Karen. Um. Don't don't say no, no, that I don't believe that or I don't like that. Just stay open. And some things that I've heard have stayed open within me for decades, mm-hmm. but I still haven't confirmed them. Right. Okay, yeah. yeah. I stay think that's open. mine. Yeah. Because I know there's so much out there on the internet, you know, talking about, oh, gee. You know who I was listening to? I was having a chat with Cyrus about the book we had um, a chat yesterday with the authors which I'm uploading now and he was talking about Jürgen Zieber have you heard of Jürgen Zieber no he no. wrote a book called multi-dimensional man and Cyrus has mentioned him so many times and I'm like okay Cyrus I've got to look up this guy so I um, was listening to Jürgen on some podcasts last night and he was he's been an astral traveler since the 70s he's probably in his 60s now I'm not sure how old he is now but and he's got decades of experience in many different realms. And he's an artist and he illustrates a lot of what he's seen. He says that it's, okay. it's really hard to illustrate with the utensils than the colours that we have because it's so much. And it's so psychedelic and out there. There's just so, And it just made me think that imagination comes from these realms, you know, like we think that it's in our imagination, but it's actually coming from some reality somewhere. And there's so okay. many... There's so many vastly expansive different realities that we can play in that when people speak about things that seem so crazy to us, (laughs) as you say, to stay open is to allow that reality in, really. Yeah. Just stay open. And, yeah, that's a beautiful... And not to blindly believe things either. Just stay open. Just like... You'll confirm this for me later. I mean, even if somebody's talking about something, you know, to say to your spiritual mob, you know, confirm this for me later and you might see a podcast by Jürgen Zieber or read a book by you. <laughs> does confirm what someone said because somebody else has had that experience or, and you can start to sort of have it seep into an understanding that this may be possible. Yeah. I'm, I have to go. Okay. I- thank you thank you for being on this show it's been to speak with you thanks and for people that are listening to this on podcast where can people find what's your website where can people find your work um i've got two one is soul questing and the other is esoteric connection 
Beautiful. And searching those, you'll find me. And if, or you go, my name. if you go to Amazon and put in Christina Kane, you'll see all the books up there on Amazon. Uh, and the free one. Have a free book. Free Have a free book. Mm-hmm. Thank you, beautiful one. Mwah. Thank you, Kim. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Isn't Christina Kane beautiful? She's so gorgeous. She really is a light. I tell you what, she does a lot more than she really spoke about for people in this world. She's such an amazing woman. And yes, remember to go and get yourself a copy of the new book, Awakened by Death. As I said, she was really helpful in uh, helping me get it up on Amazon. She's so, she's so gorgeous. And uh, so uh, that was a great tip that she gave us about um, deliveries from Amazon. Even when you pay the cheapest delivery, you'll get it in the fastest time. That's a good tip. Thank you, Christina, for that. And uh, remember, if you want to meet any of the guests that I have on my show, join the Inner Sanctum Tribe, our little Inner Sanctum Tribe webinars. Uh, these are deliberate, I call it deliberate creation for the New World Teachers. And a New World Teacher is somebody that has the courage to just be the light. They don't even have to speak it, as she said. Oh, I love it. It's when you become the teachings and not the teacher. Beautiful. So we just support each other as we spread our light in this world. It can come through what we say. It can come through what we do. It can come through who we're being. It can come through our work, our writings or podcasts. Actually, Christina said that she's going to start doing a podcast show soon, so I'll let you know about that. If you join my newsletter, she's going to be doing a podcast show and um, a wealth of information, a wealth of information. She said she had a friend or a man come to her house recently to set her up for podcasting. So um, join the website, go to the website, join the newsletter and uh, keep in touch with the I like to have a relationship with the people I interview, not just interview them and never speak to them again. I always get back to them and tell you what they're up to. So thanks again for joining me for another show, accentuating the positive, accentuating the light, I should say. And I'll see you all next time. If you've got any questions or comments, remember to leave a comment and remember to subscribe to the channel. If you want to support the show, I do this for no payment. You can also go to the little link I put in the YouTube that helps the show keep going or buy the book. Thanks again. Bye for now. Love you all. Thanks so much for joining us for another enlightened conversation on Accentuate the Positive. If you would like spiritual guidance from my guides, Blissful Beings, go to karenswain.com for a reading or to listen to more enlightened thought leaders share their wisdom. Go to the listen page on karenswain.com and choose who you want to listen to. All the podcasts are also available on iTunes. Remember to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, you name it, we're there. Until next time, bye for now. If you feel like that's what you want.